You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good boys and girls, two-footed podcast on Monday the 20th of June, brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, a virtual privacy network, allows you to go online, change your location, access things you geoblock from, such as UK expats wanting access to BBC iPlayer, ITV Hub, all four Irish expats wanting that RTE player. A Liberty Shield VPN will get you where you want to go and, most importantly, keep your data safe. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot. So check out libertyshield.com and use the code EPL25. That's EPL25 to get 25% off at checkout, both hardware and software packages available. Libertyshield.com. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft a giftware and homework company locating in Scotland, but sh- shipping worldwide. Check at homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you can find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 to get 10% off at checkout. Right, folks, in the never-ending search for content, what we're going to do today is go back a couple of weeks. And when I went through the squad needs for all 20 teams or how I saw them for all 20 teams. Today, we're going to start trying to fill some of the things that they are in need of. So we're going to do the same way alphabetically. Today, we'll do Arsenal, we'll do Villa, we'll do Brentford, and we'll do Brighton. And we'll take a look at some players that potentially could fill the needs for these squads. So we'll start with the Gunners. Now, I had them need I had them needing six players. A starting striker, a starting midfielder, a backup right back, a backup left side center back, a backup midfielder, and potentially a backup left back as well. It looks like 
they have the Fabio Vieira deal done and dusted. Now, he doesn't fit any of those needs. Unless the plan is to move Odegaard deeper in the midfield next to Partey in the role that Granit Xhaka played last year. Now, Odegaard can play there, but off the ball, it could be an issue. I'm going to give them credit for that being the plan, because I, I think it is a possibility. And there has been some reports that their interest in Telemans has begun to wane, that they're starting to look at different things. They've been heavily linked to Rafinha in the last week, which is a bit of an odd one. Doesn't really make sense for them to go and blow a significant portion of their budget on a backup winger when they're pretty well stocked on the wings anyway with Saka and Martinelli and Pepe and Reese Nelson, who they can use there as well, and Smith Rowe. Now, I know they want to get rid of Pepe, but where is he going? Who's given them real money for Pepe and taken on those big wages? And even if they sell Pepe and bring in Rafinha, you're probably talking about a 30 million difference in the prices there. Maybe you get 20 million for Pepe. You bring in 30, or sorry, you pay 50 for Rafinha. So you're 30 million out of what is going to be a limited budget anyway. It's a team without Champions League, a team owned by the Cronkies. They're not going to spend 300 million this summer. Now we know that the striker that they want is Gabriel Jesus. So there's no point in us trying to find somebody else. That's the striker they've identified. Personally, I think it's a bit of an odd one. Not that he's not a good player. He is a good player. I think he'd be better suited to playing in a two. But they want him to be their number nine, and that's fine. That's what they want. That's fine. It's just a bit odd that their first target was Dusan Vlahovic. Their backup target to him was Alexander Isak. Then they were linked to Darwin Nunes, Victor Simeon, Calvert-Lewin. They're a certain profile of strikers, and Gabriel Jesus is a very different profile of striker. But if Gabriel Jesus is to be the one, Gabriel Jesus is to be the one. Starting midfielder, it looks like Odegaard's potentially going to drop deeper, and like I said, Fabio Vieira comes in as the playmaker. If that's the plan, they'll be a lot of fun to watch, but off the ball, they could have some issues. Um, it also looks like they have identified their backup left side centre back who could also fill in at left back and can play in midfield. And that's Lisandro Martinez, the young Argentinian at Ajax. Well, he's, I think he's 24 now. Um, he's a very good player, really comfortable on the ball, really aggressive, good tackler, struggles in the air. He's 5'10. What are you going to do? But in terms of what Arsenal need, in terms of building out from the back, his flexibility, I think it works. I was talking to some Arsenal fans over the weekend about the potential for him to do that role and be you know, multi-positional as a backup and how important that could be. And I, my view is that they need someone who can also do that on the other side, someone that can be a backup to Tommy Asu. But the alternative, and what could be better for Arsenal, is if Saliba can earn that starting spot next to Gabriel. So it's Tommy Asu, Saliba, 
Gabrielle and Tierney. And then Ben White can be your right back and right centre back cover. And then Martinez is your left back and left centre back cover. So you've got six that you think are good enough to start to cover your four positions. That way you only ever let Cedric and Nuno Tavares see the field in domestic cup games. You don't play them in the big games. And you can keep your six starters, quote unquote, fresh by rotating them. Now, I wouldn't ever allow Ben White and Martinez to be my starting centre-back pairing because I think you'd get tortured in the air. Could be fine in the Europa League, but not in the Premier League. But you can play Ben White with Gabriel. Gabriel's quite good in the air. You can play Mar- Martinez with Saliba. Saliba's really good in the air. So that could be that plan. I still think they need a depth piece in midfield, assuming they get these three deals confirmed. I think that means they only need to sign five players. It's not ideal, but I still think they need that depth piece in midfield. And I think they could do with a backup right back, just somebody better than Cedric. Now, profile-wise, the player I would look at, who again fits that Martinez profile of being able to play right back and centre back, I think Ronnie Edwards from Peterborough could be the the way to go here. He's young. There's there's a lot of potential here. Now, there's a lot of growth to happen with Ronnie Edwards. He's only had a short career as a senior player with Peterborough. Uh, But he played 38 games last season and was very, very impressive in a team that really did struggle in the championship. But he's been linked with a bunch of different clubs for a fee in the region of 10 to 12 million. And I do think he's one that could fit really well. So I'm going to go Ronnie Edwards as the backup right back, who can also cover you at centre back. So let's just say Arsenal go into next season with a starting back four of Tomiyasu, White, Gabriel and Tierney. Well, then you've got Edwards, Saliba, and Martinez as your three depth pieces. And those two fullbacks that you don't really want to play, but you can play them in the domestic cups if needed. And with Edwards, you wouldn't need to play um, Cedric even in the domestic cups. You could just have him around as an older player, an experienced head, whatever. But I think Ronnie Edwards would make a lot of sense for Arsenal. Uh, backup midfielder, you'd want someone who's you want someone who's a natural midfielder. Like as I said, Martinez can play there, but he's not a natural midfielder. Odegaard might become the starter. He's not a natural central midfielder. I do think you'll need someone else who, in the bigger games, you can put in next to Thomas Partey and be comfortable that they're going to give you a solid performance and potentially can be developed into a starter along the way. Or is that older player who might just be a very, very good squad addition? And that might be the way to go, because like I said, there is going to be a limited budget here at Arsenal. They're not going to have massive, massive amounts of money to just throw away here, there and everywhere. And, you know, Gabriel Jesus is going to cost them 50 million-ish. Martinez will cost 30 million-ish. 
Vieira, I think, is 30 million. Ronnie Edwards would be 10 to 15. So maybe it does make sense to look to bring in somebody who is out of contract. And potentially they can even take a gamble here. And the gamble I would take is Quarantine Tolisso. I know he's at a tough time at Bayern Munich, but his talent level is incredible. He's uniquely skilled, wonderfully technical, but couples it with phenomenal strength and power and drive through the middle of the park. He's a type of player that would fit well with Thomas Partey. He could play with Lekonga. There'll be certain games against bad teams. You could play him with Odegaard. He can play in a two or a three. If you wanted to flick it around and go to a diamond at any point, he can play all four positions on in a diamond. He can play, be your holding midfielder. He can be your 10, or he can play either side of the engine. So for me, Quarantine Talisa would represent a smart move for Arsenal. So that's what I would do if I was them. Gabriel Jesus wouldn't have been my first pick, but again, not a bad player. Fabio Vieira wouldn't have even been someone I'd have considered, but if it's what they want to do, that's absolutely fine. There's no doubting he's talented. He's an amazing passer of the ball. Lisandro Martinez is, the, is might be the smartest squad-building move they've made in the Edu Arteta era. And I think Ronnie Edwards and Quarantine Talisa would just be smart buys. Now, look, they may top that up by adding a Rafinha. And if they do, fair play. I'm not going to criticise them for buying a good player, as long as they tick all the other boxes as well. So that's what I would do if I was Arsenal. I would go ahead with Jesus if you want to. And it appears like he's Arteta's choice. Uh, Fabio Vieira, Martinez is excellent. All the way on board with that. Edwards and Tolisso for certain. Next up then, Aston Villa. So I had them needing seven players, uh, starting striker, starting 10, starting centre-back, starting defensive midfielder, backup goalkeeper, backup right-back, and backup left-back. They've addressed four of them already. They've been very active in the market. Phil Coutinho comes in or comes back. He was there on loan last season. It was him that I thought they might have to replace. They've just decided to keep him. So that's fine. That ticks that box. Diego Carlos would not have been the centre-back of choice for me, but I can see the logic. Uh, as long as they keep him and Tyron Ming separated, I think it will largely be fine. Bubakar Kamara is the signing of the summer. I don't think anyone's going to, get to get a, going to get a better deal than that on a Bosman to get a player that had offers from everywhere. I, I think that's great business. And they brought back Robin Olsen, who they had on loan last, last season, and is a decent goalkeeper, so that's fine. So starting striker, backup right back, backup left back. Now, the starting striker is someone to play with Ollie Watkins. It's someone to partner him. Ideally, I think that means buying someone that does operate through the middle. Watkins is best when he can go side to side, when he's got a bit more freedom. I don't think he works as well playing through the middle by himself. I think he would work really well in the two. The problem they have is that the other striker they have at the club is Danny Ings, 
who's also better in a two in that side to side kind of role rather than through the middle. Now, Gerard may well just decide not to do anything with the striker position. He may well just decide that he's going to stick with the two number 10s behind one striker rather than the one, one number 10 behind two strikers, which he experimented with. I hope he doesn't do that. I, I want him to go with one, one 10 and two strikers. So which striker? Well, I'm going to try and avoid moving players among Premier League clubs here because that just leaves me with more spaces to fill. But if I was Aston Villa, the one I'd really probably want is probably Ivan Tony. I think Tony and Watkins together would be an absolute nightmare to defend against. But given I don't want to buy from the Premier League, I think Yusuf N. Naziri of Sevilla could be a really good fit here. Really good in the air, really good link play, excellent with back to goal, good finisher, good movement. And his value is probably the lowest it's been in about three years. So he hasn't had a great season. I think him and Watkins together would be a real problem for teams to defend. With Coutinho behind and then a midfield of McGinn, Kamara and Ramsey, Douglas Louise rotating through. That's pretty strong. You've Cash, you've got Dinia. The two of them with their delivery, having En Naziri and Watkins as targets, that could be something that works very well for Villa. Back up right back, back up left back. So with Villa, they've got quite specific profiles of their fullbacks. They're both quite attack-minded, but Cash is quite a physical ball carrier. He's a former winger who was converted. Dinia is an outlet. He's that bat, he's that kind of final ball expert. His crossing ability is outstanding. Now, in an ideal world where they had loads and loads of money, I might look at bringing in someone like Regulon, who could be available from Spurs at, you know, likely a decent enough price because of the arrival of Perisic. But Villa probably don't have the money left to do that if they get the starting striker that I think they need. I would go for Owen Wendell of, um, of Azad Alkmaar. Available apparently for about 10 million euro. Young player, 21-22. Really, really high potential. And with Dina's age, it would make sense to bring in a younger player who could be his successor in two years while still getting plenty of game time in the interim. Because we know with Dina, he does have injury issues. So Gerard will need to monitor him carefully, manage him, and pick and choose his games. So Owen Wyndell would give them the opportunity to do that. Right back is tough because, again, you're looking at profile. You're looking at getting someone who's a similar type. Now, Calvin Ramsey, who's just gone to Liverpool, would have made a lot of sense. 
Nathan Patterson, who went to Rangers in the January window, he would have made, or went to Everton from Rangers in January, he would have made sense, that kind of player. Max Ahrens, I don't think, physically fits the profile. Similar enough type of player in that he's a ball carrier, but from a physical point of view, and he's not as good a defender as Cash. Cash has developed into quite a good defender. So again, could Villa look at bringing in someone who's maybe on the outs of the club or you know on the fringes at a, a top Premier League team? It is possible. But I would also be looking again at the, the free agent market. And I think Gibral Sidibe of Monaco is someone that could make sense for them. French international, he's proven quality. He's been in the Premier League before. Admittedly, it didn't go great, but that was at Everton where nothing goes great. He could be one option. Simi Versalca from Atletico Madrid could be another. But I would go Sidibe. I think N. Naziri, Wyndal and Sidibe would complete a very good window for Villa. And Sidibe is not a long-term addition at 29. If you could get him on a two-year contract on a Bosman, I think that could be something that benefits you, allows you to then take more time to go and identify the long-term competition for cash. Maybe there's someone in that outstanding academy of Villa who's just not quite there yet, but could be in two years' time. So Gibral Sidibe, to me, would make sense. Next up is Brentford. Now, I have them down for seven players, and thus far they've signed none. Um, And I don't think they're going to sign seven. Let me be completely clear on that. I really don't think they'll sign seven players, but I think they should. I think they need a backup goalkeeper, backup centre-back, backup left-wing back, backup striker, and then starting centre-back, starting right-wing back, starting central midfielder, because it does look like they've lost Christian Eriksen. This is a club at right-wing back that I do really like for Max Ahrens. Now, he would be pricey enough, probably 15 to 18 million, but he is a quality player and could make a lot of sense for them. I would also look at last season's Norwich for the potential backup left-wing back, a player who was there on loan, who impressed me, who can play both sides, and who's probably available on loan again this summer, and that's Brandon Williams. Was there from Manchester United, doesn't appear to be in the plans at United for next season, So why wouldn't you take a gamble on bringing in Brandon Williams, who can be your third fullback and play both sides? So if you've got Max Ahrens and Rico Henry as your starters, Brandon Williams can be your backup on both sides. Wages wouldn't be too high. And that's the other other thing with Ahrens. While the fee might be a little bit higher than what Brentford would normally pay, The wages wouldn't be insane. He's been at Norwich. He hasn't been earning massive money at Norwich. They're not a club that pays big wages. Aarons and Williams, I think, sort them at fullback. 
Uh, you've also got Sergi Canos that can be a backup wing back as well if needed. But I think Williams is a better defender than than he is. Um, backup goalkeeper because David Rea got hurt last season. It showed the glaring need they have in this regard. They really struggled when he wasn't available. Uh, Alvaro just didn't perform anywhere close to the level that is needed at, in the Premier League. Now, there's a couple of good veteran fullback, veteran goalkeepers who are out of contract this summer. David Espina is one, and Sergio Asenio of Villarreal is another. So you could go towards either of those. And I probably would look at one of those. I'd probably look at Sergio Asenio. I think talent-wise, he might have been, after De Gea, the second-best Spanish goalkeeper of the last 10, 12 years. But he's had three ACL tears. And that's why his career hasn't worked out the way it was expected to work out. But he's still a good goalkeeper and he would be cost effective and he might do a short-term deal, two years, wages wouldn't be huge. I think he might like the challenge of playing in England, experiencing something new. And, you know, with David Ray there, there's already a Spanish goalkeeper who can help him at the club, help him adjust, whatever. So he's one I would look at there. Um, Centre-back next. So, I like Ayer. I think he's very good. Pontus Janssen, I think, is... He's fine. He's, he's solid. But I do think he is more a championship-level centre-back than a Premier League centre-back. But I think he's the best of the other centre-backs there after Ayer. And I don't really want to be changing two of a back three if I've got a limited budget. So I'd probably stick with him for one more year and look to upgrade on Ethan Pinnock. And then I get Pinnock and Zanke assuming they return him as two of my three backups. So I'm looking for a starter, primarily someone that can play on the left, and a backup, primarily someone that can play in that middle role or on the right. Um, this could be a position where they get a little bit ambitious. It could be a position where they start looking outside the box. I mean, in truth, someone like Ben Davies from Spurs would be a, a good fit for them because he can flex to playing left back in a four if needed. Um, and we have seen Brentford use a back four late in this past season.
I think what I would love to do is I might look to reach for someone that's maybe a little bit underrated, kind of was highly regarded, but their career hasn't gone the way it was meant to go because of injuries and different things. I might look at someone like an Eric Bailly. Now, I, the thing is, he's not ideal on the left because he's right-footed, but his athleticism, his aggression, those type of things could be very beneficial to a club like Brentford. And maybe he can establish himself as the central one and someone else could be the left-sided one. But I, I do like Eric Bailly as a player. He just can't stay fit. But at Brentford playing in a three, it might not be as... Now, I know I said I wasn't buying from Premier League. I'm talking about starters. Guys suggesting Bailly for Brighton. And I do like that idea as well. I do like the idea of Eric Bailly at Brighton. And we're coming on to Brighton next. Um, do you know what? You know what? We'll go with Guy Shet. We'll leave Eric Bailly then for Brighton. So we'll start over. We'll start over then in our search for a left-sided centre-back. Now, if they if Bournemouth hadn't come up, the one I would have said to go for is Lloyd Kelly, um, who I think is really good. Guy suggesting Joe Roden. He he's later in the week. I've got him marked down later in the week for someone else. Um, if Jack O'Connell of Sheffield United could ever get fit again I would go for him without a second thought I think he's really really good I'm a big big fan of Jack O'Connell I think he's excellent but he's missed basically two full years now um, and it, it doesn't look like he's ever going to be the same. Which is such a shame because he was probably on the verge of an England call-up before he hurt himself. Um, he didn't play, he's played two games in two years. Pablo Mari, I think guy is going to Udinese. I think that's what he wants and what they want. So I do think he's probably off the board. He does fit the fit the bill though. Um I mean the Ben Davies at Liverpool could be an option, but is he good enough to play in the Premier League? We don't know because Liverpool didn't give him the opportunity. Hmm. We're going to reach. We're going to go for a Bosman, another one. We're going to go for Dan Axel Zagadou as the starter on the left. Big, rangy athlete, similar enough to Ayer, who'd be on the right of it. Can play left back if needed, though it's not ideal. Huge talent. Has had some injuries. Hasn't developed the way he was expected to. But if you could ever get him right, 
you could have a 40 million pound centre back on your hands without question. The, the talent is just so stark. Um, for a backup centre back, then, and again, ideally, I'm looking at someone that can or could potentially become a starter. Do you know, I might just be tempted. I mean, this is a bit of a homer pick for me, given that he, he is, uh, the kid is Irish, but there's a kid at Oxford who I've mentioned a few times uh, called Luke McNally, six foot four centre-back, 22 years of age. Um, he's just completed his first season at Oxford and was, was very, very impressive. That's who I'd go for, Luke McNally of Oxford. Now, next up for Brentford, I'm looking for attackers. I'm looking for a start, a backup attacker and a starting central midfielder is what I'm looking for. So my starting central midfielder, I, I need someone creative. I've got Norgard, he'll do the shielding work. I've got Janelt, he does kind of everything else. I need that creative type to replace what Christian Eriksen was giving at the end of the season, where Ericsson was absolutely outstanding for them. Um, but I also need someone that will give me a bit more. So I might look at it, saying that I need a creative player. The, the player that really does stand out to me as worth a gamble is Sander Berger at Sheffield United. Because I, I think he's definitely going to be available. If he's available and you can get him on the cheap, I think he goes Sander Berger. And just go with more power in midfield. And with Aaron's and Henry, you try and get your creativity from your wide players. Use Tony as your focal point and hope Mbomo kicks on this season. They've also got the option, of course, of going to 3-4-3 and bringing Visa into the team more often. I think I'd go Sander Berg. I don't think he'd cost a fortune. I think you could probably get him for like 10 to 12 million, considering Sheffield United once again um, will be playing in the championship. And he's not likely to be all that happy about that. Aaron's would be 15 to 18. Williams would be alone. Asenio and Zagadou would be free. I think you'd probably get McNally for five, six million. And Berger maybe for 12. You'd probably get the, the three of them for 26. Plus loans for the other three. Or loans and Bosmans for the other three. And then I need a backup striker. And again, it's a backup for Ivan Tony. It's someone that can do the dog work, but I also would like someone who could play up front with him. Because I think with Ivan Tony, he creates so many chances that he does definitely get frustrated when the guy up front with him doesn't take those chances. So I might buy someone who could just be the starter next to him. I haven't spent a bunch of money, so there's probably still money to spend. I think I'd go Joel Perot. 
Joel Perot of Swansea. 20 goals last season in the championship. Really, really impressive. Can play as the nine, can play off the nine. Can play wide on either side. Well-schooled, came through the PSV Academy. I think I'd go Joel Perot. Would 15 million get him? Would 18? I think the money will be there. So that's who I go for. Joel Perot of Swansea. Right age profile. And signing someone like him means that if you were to sell Ivan Tony in a year, you have your replacement. The other option, Ben Brereton Diaz could be a good fit. Diaz with Tony could be a really good fit. Uh, but I've got another location for uh, for him. So that's what I'd do. Max Ahrens, Brandon Williams, Sergio Asenio, Dan Axel Zagadou, Luke McNally, Sander Berger, and Joel Perot. And we'll move on then to Brighton and Hove Albion. I've got them needing five. Uh, they have signed the young South American attacker, but he doesn't fit or he doesn't fill any of the, the needs in the squad. So, starting centre-back, we're going to go with Guy's shout of Eric Bailly. Could be Bargainous if he can stay fit. Really could. Yves Basuma left. They need a starting midfielder. Now, this guy was linked to... Manchester United when uh, Ralph Ranick was there, but for me, isn't ready for that type of move. I might never truly be ready for that type of move, but I think he could absolutely play in the Premier League and thrive in the Premier League. And that's Amadou Hydera of Red Bull Leipzig or RB Leipzig. I think he is a really good all round midfielder. He does a bit of everything and does it all well. So Amadou Hydera would be the midfielder for me. Backup right wing back and a backup centre back, preferably a left-sided one. Now, they are selling Leo Ostegaard, which I don't really understand because he could have been your starter. Leo Ostegaard is really good. And, I mean, you could just keep him and play him. You could go Ostergaard, Dunk, and Webster and have Bailly, say, or whoever, and Veltman and one of your younger players as your depth, or even Duffy. Bailly and Veltman either side of Duffy as your backup three. So, But it does look like they're going to sell Ostergaard. Again, I, just, I, don't really, I don't really get the logic in selling him without giving him a real opportunity to play in your first team. I mean, he's never played for the first team. They bought him in from Molda, and he was on loan at St. Pauli, did well, was on loan at Coventry, was excellent, was on loan at Stoke in the first half of this past season, and it wasn't going great, but that was more a Stoke thing than a him thing. And then he went to Genoa for the second half of the season, and again, Genoa were really poor, but he stood out as a good defender. Um, he was sent off twice, which was a little bit of a concern. But, no, he's one I do like, and he's one I would be looking to keep if I was them. But if they're selling him, 
so be it. Um, in looking to bring in a backup, let's say if we go by Dunk and Webster, Veltman, Duffy, and somebody, um, knowing Brighton, they'll sign someone that none of us have ever heard of because, well, that would just be the very Brighton thing to do. But for me, again, I'd be looking at someone that maybe maybe their value isn't where it should be at this point. Maybe they have had a poor move at some point in their career. And Guy mentioned them the last last one, I think Joe Roden. I think Joe Roden would make a lot of sense here. As a ball-playing centre-back, and I really think he does have the potential to be a good Premier League centre-back, I think Joe Roden just makes a lot of sense for Brighton. Can play right side, left side, or in the middle. He's not brilliant on the left, but he can do it if needed. And if Bailly is going to be someone that you have injury concerns over, Roden is good enough to start. Whereas Veltman and Duffy, I'd say, are just squad players. Roden's definitely good enough to start with Duncan Webster. So I'd go with Joe Roden. Uh, Backup right wing back. It looks like Chelsea are going to start to, to make a purchase at right wing back. Um, they're being strongly linked to a Jonathan Kloss of Len. Um, he's 29, but he is a good player who had a very, very good season. He's become a French international. So it does look like Chelsea are going to go and buy him, which may mean, and probably does mean, that Dujon Sterling is going to be available. Now, I like Sterling's versatility. I like his ability to play multiple positions. I like his ability to play in multiple setups. So you can play a defensive back for with him. You can play an attacking back for, he can play as a wing back. He can even play as a defensive wing back if that's what you want to do. If you're looking to park the bus a little bit, uh, he can do that. So it wouldn't surprise me if Brighton went knocking on the Chelsea door again and brought in Dujon Sterling. Um, at worst, he'll be a good squad player. At best, he's someone you sell for profit in a few years. And then the starting number nine. And this is really the biggest need for them and has been for a few years now. Is someone that can get them regular goals. But it has to be someone that works within their system. It has to be somebody with good movement, good pace, and good finishing. They obviously tried quite hard to buy Darwin Nunes a couple of years ago. They didn't get him. So well, if you look at that profile, 6162, rangy, can carry the ball, can play from the left or through the middle. Well, Ben Brereton Diaz takes all of those boxes. He's not as good as Darwin. He doesn't have Darwin's ceiling. But he ticks all of those boxes. He's definitely available. And he wouldn't cost an outlandish amount of money. 
Is he the most exciting signing in the world? Probably not. But if he can continue to play as he did this past season, he's easily going to get goals in the Premier League. He gets himself in clever positions. He links well with others. He's played off a nine as well. When Armstrong was at Blackburn, Diaz played off him as kind of the foil, and it worked really well. So, Eric Bailly, you know, I'm going to make Roden my starter and make Bailly the depth player because it's, this is my thing. So, that's what we're doing. So, Hydera is the starting midfielder. Joe Roden is the starting centre-back. Dion Sterling is just a backup right back. Ben Brereton Diaz is a starting striker. And Eric Bailly is a, a good addition, a fourth centre-back, a technically fourth starter for your defence. Uh, so that is those three. Th- sorry, those four. That is Arsenal, Villa, Brentford and Brighton. Uh, my own little version of, I suppose, the sensible transfers uh, concept by Tifo. Uh, I'm going to keep doing this. So I'm going to do this for the rest of the week. Uh, tomorrow, we will have another four. Um, we'll do Burnley, even though they're gone. You know, we, we did their squad needs, so we might as well carry on. We'll do Chelsea. We will do Crystal Palace and we will do Everton tomorrow. And then... We'll work this through the week and then Monday, Tuesday or Monday next week, we'll take a look at the three newly promoted teams and um, and go over them and, and what they could do. So we'll take a break. When we come back, we have the gossip and the latest transfer news. So I'll see you in a sec. Right. Welcome back. So big news out of Chelsea today. Bruce Buck, long-time chairman, is stepping down. And also, Marina is leaving the club. So big, big changes at the top for Chelsea. Uh, Todd Bowley is set to become the chairman, the new co-owner. And Buck will stay on in a senior advisor type of role, but he will have less decision-making power. Um, Todd Bowley if he's willing to be sort of hands off in the football operations could be very very good for Chelsea as the chairman if he's to lead the the growth of the business side of the club and you know fulfilling the vision that they have for the club the new stadium and all that kind of stuff uh, if Bowley decides to start interfering in transfers, I do think it could get quite messy. Uh, Marina is quite highly regarded for some of her transfer activity. I don't think she's done a particularly good job. I think she's made a lot of bad decisions. I think she's made some bad deals. I think she's overpaid a number of players. Um So I don't think she's the loss that some will make her out to be. But it is a big change. It is a big change when the person who has been the chief decision maker at the club decides to move on. Or the club decide to move her on. 
So Matt Law has reported on both of these today. Uh, he is well connected with Chelsea. So um, I'm not going to try and pronounce Marina's surname, but Marina and Bruce Book out as the power brokers at Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea are being heavily linked to Raheem Sterling. They're believed to want to pay in the region about 25 million from City, want about 50 million from because obviously he's one of the best players in the league. Now he has one year left in his contract and he has been rumoured to be looking at an exit for a couple of seasons now. I think it would be a mistake for City to let him go. I'd much rather sign Raheem Sterling to a new contract and continue to have his services. But if they decide to move on, then that's their decision. They'll get the best fee they can from. He'd be interesting at Chelsea. He'd certainly be an upgrade. Um, he's better than Werner. He's better than Christian Pulisic. He's better than, well, he's better than pretty much everybody at the club, if we're being honest. Him and Kai, as two-thirds of a front three, could be something that they can really work with. Now, a lot will depend, obviously, on what Thomas Tuchel wants to do in terms of shape. Is he going to stick to the back three? He's kind of stuck with it until Thiago Silva moves on. Um, or is he going to move to a back four? If he moves to back four and goes 4-3-3, three, three, then Sterling on the right, Havertz as the nine, and Pulisic or, or Werner on the left could be quite good. Move Mason Mount back into midfield as more of an eight, which is his more natural position. I'm a big Raheem Sterling fan, and I think he would be a very good signing for Chelsea. And if they can get him for sub 40 million, I think that's really good business. Uh, not good business, obviously, was the signing of Lukaku. I said last summer, I didn't think they needed him. I didn't think he was the right player. And it looks like he's going back to Inter Milan on loan. Rumours are that fee will be about 10 million. So we'll see. 10 million plus Inter will pay a chunk of the wages. It's not great for Chelsea, really, is it? I haven't paid 100 million from last summer. Uh, who else have we got? John Percy of The Telegraph. Well, question the best reporter in the Midlands. He says that Nottingham Forest are close to making their first two summer transfers. Musa Niakata from Mines, quality centre-back, fits in well in their back three with Worrell and McKenna as an upgrade on Cook. He was that was a club I would have originally said for Joe Roden to go in and play that middle role, but Niakata with his athleticism, he's got good recovery pace, he's very good at the game in front of him. He's a good signing for them if they can get that done. And Teo Iwaniyi to be their new number nine. Uh club record fee of about 17.5 million is what they're hoping to agree. Place for Union Berlin was previously at Liverpool. Never got a chance at Liverpool because of work permits and one thing or another, but has really taken his opportunity uh, since moving on. He had a couple of good loan spells. At Moosegrun, he had two really good loan spells, and this season he's just been tremendous. 20 goals in 43 games, 15 and 31 in the Bundesliga. Powerful, quick striker, really well built. Yeah, I, I like that one. I do like that one. I think that's a good, a good move for them. So, Forest seem ambitious. They're also in for Nico Williams. I'm not sure why they're in for Nico Williams and not just keeping Jed Spence, but maybe Spence doesn't want to stay. But Nico Williams would make sense for them as well. 
to fill that right back or that right wing back void. So fair play. That is a good move. Um, what else have we got today in terms of news? Uh, that may be everything. PSG looking to sign um, Milan Skriniar and Vitania. Vitania would make sense as a backup to Verratti, someone he could learn from and develop behind. So that's actually quite a clever move by PSG, which is unusual for PSG. And Skriniar is one of the best centre-backs in the world. So a signing like that just simply does make sense. Let's do the gossip and wrap up for the day. Uh, Portugal forward Cristiano Ronaldo is looking to leave Manchester United. No, he's not. Arsenal are cautiously optimistic of signing Gabriel Jesus. They want to pay 30 million, but City want 50. It'll be closer to 50. Uh, the Gunners could still sign Yuri Tielemans. It That looks unlikely at the minute. Arsenal want Rafinha and Lissandra uh, Martinez. Now, the, the article that this refers to did state that the Rafinha deal is a long shot. Uh, Thomas Tuchel would like to replace Lukaku with Lewandowski. Lewandowski wants to go to Barcelona, but they can't afford him. So maybe there's an opportunity for Chelsea to sneak in. Uh, Chelsea have inquired about Milan Skriniar in a swap deal for Lukaku. They inquired apparently about a few players and Inter just said no to all of them. Tottenham are favourites to sign Jed Spence. That is fairly common knowledge. Manchester United are confident Barcelona will lower their asking price for Frankie de Jong. Um, it doesn't look like they will, to be quite honest. I missed this earlier. Uh, Nazir Agard, the Moroccan centre-back from Rennes, has completed his move to uh, to West Ham today. Uh, Naef, Naef Agard. Um Left-footed centre-back makes a lot of sense. Moyes has always liked having a lefty centre-back who could be a bit of a ball player. Ogbonna, obviously, it's Sylvan Distan back at Everton. Um, so that that does make sense. And, and his fit next to Zuma should be quite good. Should be quite good. It's a lot of money, 30, 30 million plus a couple of add-ons, but it's, it's a good signing for them. Uh, West Ham are willing to loan out Nikola Vlasic. I doubt they are. Uh, Egypt and Aston Villa winger Trezeguet is wanted by Turkish side Trabzonspor. He'll be moving on. Sevilla are ready to bid £6.9 for Alfredo Morelos uh, of Rangers. That would potentially open up Yusuf N. Naziri to a move, maybe. Uh, Fulham are set to complete the signing of Manor Solomon. That's been ongoing for a while. Um, Watford's... Nigerian striker Emmanuel Dennis is on Everton's list of targets if Richarlison leaves. That's not actually a bad idea. Uh, Forrest and Nyakate, that's fine. Southampton are optimistic about signing Bayern Munich's American defender Chris Richards. Yeah, I mean, I could see that as a, as a depth centre-back. Celtic face a fresh fight from Ajax in the battle to land Lamel's Brazilian midfielder Vinicius Souza. Um, don't know anything about him. Paris Saint-Germain are set to be several teams to Vitinha, and Hibernian are set to sign Aidan McGeady in a free transfer. Love that one. 
After missing out on Kylian Mbappe, Real Madrid are already planning to trigger the £128 million buyout clause in Erling Haaland's contract in 2024. This is the most obvious thing in the world is that Haaland will move to City and or to from City to Real in two to three years. Uh, Usman Dembele is ready to join Chelsea, but wants to be a starter and not part of a squad rotation. Chelsea are also in for Raheem Sterling. Manchester United are hoping Barcelona will reduce their asking price. Uh, Eric Ten Hag has told his bosses to sign De Jong and Christian Eriksen as they will be the focal point of his team. I'd be really interested to see how that team would function, uh, especially with near a ball winner at the club. Tottenham must pay at least $34 million for Piero Hincapé. He's really good, but he's not quite ready for the Premier League yet. Uh, Liverpool are braced for the prospect of losing Salah, yada, yada. Phil Jones is on the list of players interesting leads, but also has interest from Southampton and Fulham. Not sure how a, a Spanish outlet would have this information, but Mark claimed that that's the case. Manchester City are open to letting Zinchenko leave the club as they prepare a bid for Cucurella. Well, if you're Brighton, surely you just ask for Zinchenko and a big bag of money for Cucurella. Uh, Brighton expect to receive around 50 million, which may force City to walk away. Wolves want 45 million for Ray and Nuri, and rightly so, he is outstanding. PSG are close to signing Vitinha, that's fine. Liverpool have told Nico Williams he can go on loan next. No, he's been told he can leave permanently. Uh, Ajax have turned down a £25 million bid for Lissandra Martinez Marcel. Brighton and Watford are interested in Olympiacos' Senegalese defender, Pape Abu Sisse. Age profile doesn't really fit with, um, with what Brighton normally do. And you would imagine if he was going to move to the Premier League, Forrest would have made a lot of sense, considering the ownership. But, yeah, fair enough. Um, Millwall have offered Aberdeen $1.5 million for Lewis Ferguson, but are also looking to sign uh, Benick Afobi from Stoke on loan. Uh, Lewis Ferguson's very talented. Very, very talented. In fact... I just go through my DMs here. Yeah, somebody told me he was a player to watch for weeks ago. I can't find it. Uh, yeah, could be one to keep an eye on there for them. And then we go through to the last day's worth. So Tottenham are hoping to pip Arsenal in the race for Gabriel Jesus. I, I don't think they will. I don't think Spurs will, will do that. Um and he wouldn't start for Spurs anyway. Leeds have approached Wolves over a potential summer deal for Adama Traore. Yuck. Barcelona will meet Bayern Munich this week in a bid to finalise their move for Robert Lewandowski. Uh, Raheem Sterling has asked people about life in West London amid interest from Chelsea. I'm sure Raheem Sterling knows what life in West London is like, having grown up in London. I'm sure he doesn't need to ask people. Uh, Chelsea's initial bid of 21.5 million for Raheem Sterling has been turned down. That's from the spoofer. I wouldn't imagine there was a bid. Um, Chelsea also inquired about Nathan Aki. Hmm. If you're buying him, you're sticking to a back three. Uh, Lukaku, blah, blah, blah. More Romano on De Jong. He is really rinsing 
rinsing the tweets to get those likes and retweets on the De Jong stuff. Um, Wolves and Portugal midfielder Ruben Neves on United's list of possible options if they fail to sign De Jong. Well, different profiles of midfielders. Newcastle and Leeds have been linked with Burnley's Nathan Collins, but Wolves and Leicester are also expected to make bids. He's, it does look like he's going to leave Burnley this summer. There is more and more traction on that. Uh, the Magpies have been told they must pay £50 million from Mr. Abbey. They were told they must pay 70 a month ago, so you're just recycling garbage. Uh, Newcastle have been offered the chance to sign Eric Boye. Netherlands manager and former Man United boss Louis van Gaal played a part in stopping Jurian Timber moving to Old Trafford, apparently. That's, that's quite interesting because... Um, well, obviously, Ten Hag had identified him as someone he wanted to bring with him. But it does go to show the sway that Louis van Gaal can have. The agent of Chelsea and England midfielder Ruben Loftus-Cheek says former Blues boss Maurizio Sarri is interested in signing him for Lazio. That would indicate that Milinkovic-Savage, I would imagine, is off because he would be the kind of natural replacement there for him. Liverpool could face competition from Manchester United in their attempt to sign Jude Bellingham next summer. They'll also face competition from Chelsea and City and Arsenal and Spurs and Real Madrid and Barcelona and Bayern Munich and AC Milan and Inter Milan and Juventus and whoever else can pony up the cash. PSG. So, yeah. Uh, IX have set a €40 million Euro asking price for Sebastian Haller with Dortmund allegedly interested. And then finally, Sunderland... Huddersfield and Bristol City have made 1 million plus bids for 21-year-old English midfielder Jack Rodoni of AFC Wimbledon. Don't know anything about the lad, but I know AFC Wimbledon got relegated, didn't they? So you'd imagine... Yeah, they're in League 2. You'd imagine they'll be looking to sell because they'll need need some cash coming in. Um, Yeah, all right, fair enough. That's it. That's today. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.